Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle. But before we get started, I have some coaching announcements. Now, they are wrapped around fitness for cycling and cycling skills. Now, the first one is I am going to be launching an online fitness membership, and there's going to be cycling involved in there too, but not till the fall. Now, what it's all about is like cycling is great, but we certainly need to think about muscle development and strength for strength, power, and speed on our bikes. And what's better to do is to work out with weights and bands and get start developing those muscles. So for you guys, this is super special. Get on my VIP list so you get a great deal on the first time membership. Go to cyclefitness.online, get on the list and you're going to get a great deal. The next one is my cyclingskillspro.com and these are my online cycling skills programs. So I have a four hour cycling skills intensive. You get all the things you need to know to be to really improve your cycling and exponentially become a more efficient and economical cyclist. Then, or you can do it in a four hour, you can do it a four week, or you can get a downloadable module where you can just do it at your own pace. And use this code PEDAL to get an extra $50 off with that. Have an amazing episode and enjoy the interview. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daewoo, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Thank you everyone for joining us for another amazing episode of Secrets in the Saddle, all things cycling with your host. Sylvie Dow and can you believe it? I am super, super excited to have this amazing woman with us today, Caroline. Oh, just a second here. Canuel. Yeah, hello. Caroline <laughs> Canuel. Yeah. My little bit of French coming in. <laughs> um, and the amazing thing, she's Canadian. She's well, unfortunately, she's stuck in Europe, in France. She's racing there for the last year. She's prepping for Tokyo. So she's one of our Canadian Olympic athletes. And I am super, super excited to have her here on the podcast because I'm bringing in, I'm trying to uh, interview as many Canadian cycling uh, um, athletes who are going for Tokyo so as so this is pretty exciting and uh, anyways so before we bring Carolyn out I'm just going to go over a little bit of her bio and uh, then we're going to get right into the goods okay so here's her bio so Carolyn uh, made history so it really starts when well here we'll just start when she was 11 years old and she started <laughs> racing competitively um, and then it just 
moves right into she got a, a degree in nursing so it's super cool and you have something to fall back on when you're ready to i guess retire <laughs> from cycling and it doesn't have it doesn't help you know it doesn't hurt having a nursing background as a cyclist but in 2014 she became the first canadian cyclist to win world championship gold in a time team time trial doing this with her specialized lululemon trade team two days later she posted a career best individual time trial placing sixth she was unable to finish that road race and we're going to talk about this this is one of a couple crashes that she she's had in her career so that was like um one of the crashes where she broke her pelvis then luckily you know, she was able to compete at Worlds after that. So we're going to dive into that kind of, the you know, her, her history in racing. So, and then 2015, she competed her, her world, she competed her world championship gold medal performance in team time trial. So she is no, you know, she's podium so many times and anyways she's just so she went to olympics in rio in 2006 where she came top finisher in the women's road uh, road race and then 2017 this is pretty cool she got to race the women's giro d'italia so having women on the race course there, which I, I'm going to ask a couple of questions about that. I better get ready. So 2018 World Championships, she placed six at uh, in the in the road race, eighth individual time trial, and she also had a podium finish here in Gatineau um, for the Grand Prix Cyclist de Gatineau. Now 2019 was basically the last year everybody um, was able to to race. Um, in 2019 where she won world rate uh the world the road race canadian championships and then she broke her clavicle you remember that one yeah that was before i broke it and that then came back yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Do you see what i mean yeah. <laughs> but she is obviously super resilient and i'm so excited to have her here like you said she's um she's a an extremely uh, well i would say i don't want to say aggressive but aggressive cyclist where she she gets it done and she makes it to the podium we're so excited to have you here thanks a lot carolyn yeah thank you so carolyn right now is sitting in spain yeah. um and like i said she's been stuck there with luckily her amazing boyfriend sean clark who you have to listen to the episode before hers. He talks about uh, being in Spain. So let's just start with, you know, how did you get into cycling? And I know they said, you know, you started at 11, but how did you really get into cycling, Carolyn? Yeah, it's, uh, well, because of my parents, basically. Uh, they really like uh, me and my siblings to do like any sports in the summer. And one year they're like, maybe you should try cycling. Because, uh, I mean, I was I always like, uh, cycling around with like my mountain bike or whatever and then uh there's i'm from amos in uh in quebec and there's actually like a big a good cycling club there so i just joined them uh 
when I was 11 and I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, that's how I started. Yeah. Well, yes, Amas has a really good reputation for yeah. not only you know, bringing out top athletes, but having a top race and their club. So I was going to ask you where you grew up because it doesn't surprise me that you're from Quebec. A lot of Quebecers uh, <laughs> yeah. do really well as racers. I yeah. guess, was it the hill? <laughs> no, I mean, if I would go back and ride there, I mean, the riding is pretty boring. Like when I think about it now, like, yeah, you wake up in the morning, you look where the wind is coming from and that's your direction for the day. And then because you want to tell when to go back. <laughs> So it's pretty boring, but I don't know. I feel like, I guess it's safe there to ride and for like little kids. And we had like daily training with like coaches and yeah, I just developed super fast. Oh, that's awesome. Cause I have my kids in a, in a kids club here in Gatineau. And uh, I love that, uh, that they get to learn from someone else uh, from me. Yeah, <laughs> then I get just well, get to benefit. <laughs> Yeah, riding with them. Also, think so you awesome. learn, yeah, better from not your parents do. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. So yeah. you don't kill the sport for them, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like I don't want it. But it worked well for my older daughter. So I'm <laughs> fingers not crossed good. for these two, and I'm like oh, racing. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Now, making history. Now, I assume that in 2014. Now, let's go back. So you started in when you were 11. Like, how did you move into, like, through the categories into where you started really racing in 2014? Uh, yeah, so uh, for me, well, I think in Quebec, we're pretty lucky. We have all those... Um, races every two three weekends like the Quebec Cup they called it back in my days I don't know if they still do that but uh back in my days it was like that so every two three weeks you have one race in different regions so one for example was in Val d'Or for uh, uh, they call it the Tour de la Relève it was at the same time as the uh, Tour de la VTB so basically even when I was peewee we still we had like a TT a criterium and a road race and then, yeah, you score points and then, yeah. So I've done those throughout my, like uh, when I was growing up. So Piwi, Minim, Kade. And then once I was a junior, then that's where, when it gets fun, because then you do nationals and you can get a spot for going to Worlds, which I did. And that was the best experience. Like I came back from Worlds. I was just like, I want more. And like the year after, um, yeah, I finished fifth at Worlds my second year as a junior. So that was like my one of my best results. Well, my first best result. And uh, yeah, so that's how I started. But also for me, it was important to keep going with school. So uh, on the side I was doing, I did my CEGEP in three years. And then and then I moved to Gatineau to do uh, my bachelor in nursing. Nurse, yeah, in <laughs> nursing. And then, um, and through that, I was, I was still racing and I made some contacts and I was able to race for a, a French team. So, and they were really uh, flexible. So I, I was able to do still school and then go there just in the summer and race. And then, yeah, and then I had good results and I was able to sign for a world 
2014, uh, at that time in 2014, with specialized with women. And it was a good timing because I just finished school. So everything uh, worked perfectly for me. Yeah. And that's where it basically took off. Yeah, yeah. So 2014. So how did that feel when you you uh, were the first Canadian? Because well, I guess your, your team was mixed. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the team time trial. Um, I, I knew that team was good for the team time trial. So I didn't know if I would make the team to do the because they only take six in the team. And uh, I had like a, a year with a lot of ups and downs because in June in Philadelphia, a race, I, I, I crashed and I broke my, my neck. So I was out for a couple of weeks. So then I didn't think I would like, I would go back to Europe or even like make the team time trial team, but somehow I was able to do it. <laughs> I guess having a break in the summer really <laughs> helped, I don't know. I wouldn't recommend yeah. it, but for me it worked. And then I was able to make the TTT team. And then we had one goal and it was to win world and we did it. And that was amazing. Wow. So I just like, I broke my neck and a couple of weeks later I went racing. <laughs> yeah. So Well, it, it was not fun weeks, but a couple of weeks later. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So. So that's, and then that propelled you straight in because not only did you break your neck there, I hate to point all these out, but I was just like, holy wow, you yeah. had a number of crashes where you broke your pelvis. Yeah, the same year, yeah. Yeah, uh, but that one happens at the end of the season. So mentally it was easier. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's like, oh, just take, and uh, so, okay. And then you had a concussion. Yeah, that one wasn't when I broke my neck. I had a concussion at the same time. So, okay. So that was hard. Wow, that was so really hard. I, yeah. That, uh, yeah, that, that took a long time to heal. Yeah. Are you still affected by that? No, no. No, because no, I, no. I mean, I didn't, because I broke my neck, I didn't finish the the race so that was a good thing but then I was out for like for a long time so uh yeah then I took it really slowly uh I, I was really smart about it <laughs> good that's good to hear because obviously it paid off now as I was reading you moved through can you talk about the changing of teams like how does that come about? Does does a team dissolve and you have to look for another one? Or do you, was it a choice? Because I'm just kind of curious. Um, and I know like I've heard different things happen for different teams, like sponsors like disappear overnight and then the team's gone. Um, how was it for you? And, and how is it mentally or psychologically changing up different teams or does it is it or is it a normal thing no I think it's a normal thing usually you normally sign a contract that one or two years and then at the end you can like either you want to stay it's a mutual like a mutual um agreement or if somebody if you want to leave and like try another team like I think it happens a lot uh changing teams personally I like to I don't like changing too much uh, unless mm -hmm. I know it's a good fit 
And so, nice. I mean, I was with the French team and I, after four, like I was four years with them and at the end, like I knew I wanted to step up and for that I needed to move to another team. And I had this opportunity with Specialized Zulam in 2014. So for me, it was a good, right. really good move. Uh, but that team changed name, but it was the same, the, the same management. It changed name because sponsor changed and it became Velocio Shram. So I was with them for another year. But after that, I felt like at this point I needed like another change uh, because the team was again dissolving for new sponsors right. and the management was about to change. So for me, I needed more stability. So I signed with Bowles Dolmans in 2016 and have been with them since then so now we changed oh. the name it's just new sponsor okay. this year in 2021 it, sd works but it's the same management so i've been with them since 2016. nice sd yeah. works yeah i want one of their bikes <laughs> yeah it's a really pretty bike it's also the best bikes i've ridden yeah yeah now oh i was just gonna ask you something um now, just stop me if this uh, gets not personal, but when you sign contracts, that is for a paid, like you, you become a paid athlete underneath that contract. And, and how much do they cover? Because I'm curious, and I'm sure a lot of other women are curious when it comes to signing on with teams, are they all different? Um, I guess, um, what I'm trying to say, uh, packages, do they all come with different packages or is it kind of the same thing? No, I think Bike, everything gear. is different. I mean, hey. it depends what they can offer you. Um, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, well, I don't want to speak too personal, but I like depends what they can offer you but for me for sure like they cover all my expenses which is really important um yeah but yeah i think it, it really depends on the team and what they can offer but world tour team has right. their own they have rules obviously they have to follow from the uci mm -hmm. so the most that they would cover is like and i'm just curious is like all your expenses for staying in like racing and race registrations well to get to the races uh, when i'm a racist yeah. like i'm all taken care of yeah okay yeah. oh that's perfect do they have all like staff with them as well or do you have to take care of your own bikes and oh no we have mechanics swanger uh ds oh very yeah, nice it's all taken care of yeah yeah i'm a little princess when i go away <laughs> <laughs> But it's, okay, let's just I mean, it's important. I mean, if you want to perform and race well, you need that stuff. Like that's the minimum. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. The less stress you can have on your yourself for race day and lead up to the better, like just having, because I, I used to manage, I mean, not to that level, obviously, but our, our women's team, but it is like, you know, you go ahead, you set up, you get everything yeah. ready. They just go up they put their bikes on trainer you know like and it's just like everything low stress and ready for performance and i think that's super important yeah, yeah um, well, our, so now, our yeah our staff is pretty amazing i mean um 
like I was racing last week and our start was at 8.30. I woke up at 5.45, yeah. but the staff is already up and going before that. I mean, they're amazing. Right. Yeah. And then you just have to show up. Yeah. Yeah. They take care of everything. Yeah. Do you have a cook as well? Uh, we do for training camps uh, oh, okay. because the whole team is there. So like, yeah. But more, mostly in the season, we stay in hotels. So there's always like, food there um but yeah we do have a person this year like she she show up if you have a stage race so then she can take care of everything um, right, right. but yeah especially i think camp that was amazing this year because then you don't need to think and she, yeah someone has to do it <laughs> so. yeah that's right so do you so do you get to like pick up snacks on the way out to your ride like everything's kind of available for you uh i'm not sure what you mean so well so you, so you said everything was covered and so i assuming that there's always food available if you want to go down and have a snack after after breakfast or be, before lunch or grab food on the way out on your ride or things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. yeah oh that's super nice i like yeah i want that <laughs> yeah. now now, what's it like? Um, so you've been in Spain for over a year. No, no less I, than I that. met less than that. Yeah, yeah. I came here in in the summer. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Okay, that's right. Because when I met Sean, it was November. Yeah. And he and he said he'd been like stuck, not stuck there, but wasn't able to come home because of yeah. travel um yeah. and so how do you like it compared to racing at home or in the u.s well i haven't raced in the u.s for a really long time uh well to me in europe this is where it's happening so i need to be here if i want to perform also my team is racing here so i need to be here uh, but the racing in Europe is really different than the racing at home. I mean, the roads are just smaller and there's like furniture everywhere. Like it's really a different type of racing. Um, yeah, it's just so different. It's not really comparable, but it's always nice to race in Gatineau though, because then my family can see. But yeah, <laughs> it's always nice to race on a nice highway. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a cool race. I mean, I like it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do it every day but like yeah once a year is yeah it's cool it's a yeah it's an interesting course i commissaired there and uh <laughs> riding in those uh cars it's like yeah um, yeah so you so so you didn't do a lot of racing in the united states previous so you did, went straight no i did it when i was a uh a bit yeah. younger before I raced for the French team, obviously. Then I raced a lot in oh. Quebec, uh, in the States, because uh, that's where the races were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are the majority of your team from Europe or are they from all over the place, all over the world? Uh, mostly in Europe, but we're really uh, international. Uh, we have uh, Dutchies, we have Luxembourg, we have French. Uh, Wow. We have Czech Republic, uh, Canada, New Zealand, South Africa. 
uh, Italy. I don't think I'm missing it. Wow. Yeah, it's really international. How many are on your team? We're 14. Oh my gosh, that's a big team. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, normal for women. In women, it's around between 11 and 14, 15. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. I would love to be part of a team of 14 women on the start line. Oh, wow. No, but normally one race, we only allowed to start six. So oh, okay, we're okay. never well, 14 together. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's, um, so how do you organize that? So if you have races and how do you pick who's gonna, who's gonna race? Is it based on type of race? Um, maybe the location? Now, uh, the a sports director make those calls. He decides who, well, depending on the type of race it is. I mean, if it's a sprint race, it's gonna be bringing mostly the sprinters, obviously. Like we all have our right. qualities, depending on what type of race and uh, our goals also. So he makes the selection at that point. And then, uh, yeah. So he works out the calendar for every one of us and yeah. Oh, very interesting. Well, that makes total sense. Now, you have been selected for Tokyo. How exciting is that? Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, it's funny because I've been selected, like, I like that Cycling Canada this, uh, for this cycle decided, like, to do an early selection. So then we can, like, really be ready and focus on the Olympics instead of focusing on getting selected. Uh, so that was nice for me. But then now I feel like it's been a long time that I known for that I was going to Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> so it always been in the back. I don't know. It's always been there, but not coming because last year they decided to push it one more year. So then, which makes totally sense in the circumstance, but it's been always like super far away, but now it's like less than a hundred days now. So yeah. now it's coming up. So now I need to like, yeah, focus more. <laughs> like it's oh, coming. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, well, yeah, really. So before we ask, before I ask you about that, how did you feel? Because like I talked to a couple of the girls who were selected more on the mountain bike group and they were already ready last year. How did you, how did it affect you um, being already like pre-selected early and then finding out that it was being postponed? Like how did how did you mentally prepare or were you just like, oh, that's, thank, that's cool. Like, how did you, how did you process that? I mean, for me, time? it's, yeah, uh, it, it's fine. I mean, for sure I was, it's, yeah, it was hard at the beginning because at first, like, uh, they actually, the team Canada said that they were out unless it was postponed. And then that freaked me out. But then when they say, oh, no, it's all, like, then they made the decision to postpone it for one year. And then I was just like, oh, okay, like, that's fine. I can do one more year. And for me, it's one more year where I can be, like, even more prepared and more ready uh, to have, like, the best result of my life. So it's fine. It was fine. <laughs> oh, that's good. So are you just in the road race? No, I also do the team, uh, the time trial the time trial okay so now that you were preparing last year did you have to completely adjust your training 
to accommodate like like lowering the you know the volume and things like well, that to kind of uh yes i know i mean last year was already different because of covid so like when they announced that was maybe what in april or march april march but then we don't we didn't even know if we were racing again that year yet like we didn't know if the season would start again so it was already completely different at that point and then the season started again in july and then it went on till like october uh with like a race every like <laughs> every week <laughs> it was pretty intense wow yeah so then at this point you just focus on like your season at this point and then i took my off season and then we reset for like this year oh my god so so you're dialing it in are you so this month well okay let's top out may is may kind of like a down and then you're gonna tempo it up june july for august mm -hmm. Uh, well, right now my plan is uh, I hope to be uh, racing in May and then I can have a little break at the end of the month and then uh, have a good training camp in June and then uh, hopefully do the Giro in July and then go to Tokyo after that. Wow, yes. That would be because uh, you've already done quite a few races, I saw. Uh, yeah, I've done a few uh yeah, it's been it's been a good start of the season. Um, yeah, I, I also had some time to have a good training, and uh, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, so you feel your body is like prepared. It's not fatigued. It's strong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so you're gonna lead into Tokyo. So you're going for the road, and you're going for the time trial, individual time trial. Yeah. Do you want to share your personal goal? Because usually <laughs> athletes or individuals like myself, I would never share like the open, my open predictions, but you always have like, you know, a sense of where you are and kind of where you want to be. Like, do you want to share any of that? Well, I... I feel like in Rio, I didn't accomplish like whatever, like I just, I just want to have like the best results and know like, you know, I've done everything right. And like, you know, like being happy with my performance and for sure the dream will be to get a medal, but like that, that would be like really, really hard, but like that, that would be the dream for sure. Like to, to be on the podium, uh, but also just want to be happy with like how I raced that day and yeah. Knowing I've done everything right to that moment, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, of course, just want to have a good race. Now, how is it? Um, now, we were mentioning that you were lucky enough to be in Spain with your partner, Sean Clark. And um, he is, a, he doesn't work with your team at all, right? He works with insta fund he's a director sports if for another team uh not a, not anymore <laughs> that, no, that, okay your information <laughs> were right a few months ago oh it was good at the time right <laughs> yeah he, he did, so he's just taking care of you <laughs> yeah no no he, he did direct for them a couple weekends ago uh but he doesn't work for them permanently at the moment oh, okay. so he's doing other projects on the side 
uh, but he's also um, involved with Cycling Canada with the elite mm. program. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's busy with that. Um, yeah. So also, besides taking care of me, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I know he has his coaching as well on the side. He has a yeah. lot of athletes uh, taking care of them. But it's it is nice to be <laughs> be not alone in in another country, especially when you aren't able to come home. So after after Tokyo, what's the plan? Well, I still finish my season with my team, my professional SD works. So uh, that will go till October, I guess. And okay. then, yeah. And then I'm not sure. <laughs> and then we don't know beyond that yet. <laughs> I thought there's something about worlds. No? Yeah. Yeah. There's always worlds. But, but after, uh, yeah, always. But after that, I don't know what I'm going to do. We'll see. Now that's an open statement. Does that yeah. mean you're going to continue racing, come back? Re like what is, so do you have an idea about your, say three-year plan from no. now? No. No. We're, no, for me. Work in Europe? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, no, it's been my plan to do Tokyo and then uh, see after what I'm going to do. Right. Oh, well, like you said at the beginning, I've been around for a long time. So, yeah. I mean, it's time maybe to move on. <laughs> I mean, I, I love cycling, but like mm -hmm. I, I've seen, I had all the injuries you can have. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's time maybe to do something else now. <laughs> well, do you, do you have um, a small sense of what that might be? Like no. in your gut, no. you kind of like, no. no? No. Even when you go well, out cycling and you think about like, wow, what would I like to do after? What am I going to do later? No, no, right now I'm just enjoying the moment. I mean, I'm yeah. training for the Olympics. I mean, that's the dream, right? <laughs> so yes. I'm just focusing on that and then, yeah. and then we'll see. Right. Well, do you mind if we reconnect with you guys after, like in September? Uh, I would later actually. September is still busy. <laughs> but okay, yeah, later. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to hear about your Tokyo experience. Of course, we're all going to be watching and cheering you on. On the, so it's, I'm so glad that it's still going on because I don't know. I'm sure you've heard things i mean we read stuff in the media and and um they can't postpone it again um if they do then i think it's you know we'd hate to see olympics canceled but i'm glad that there there's there's nothing like that in the horizon for you because like they're talking to you as athletes right yeah 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 well, that's good so all right well Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you for your time. And like I said, so everybody, don't forget to, I want to thank all of our listeners and um, Caroline and I have a special request. Don't forget to follow both of us on social media, especially her and follow her Olympic lead into Tokyo and after and uh, me for the podcast and put your notifications on and also um, we would love a five star right Carolyn five star <laughs> for this podcast <laughs>
to bring her back again and an amazing review. And with that, thank you everybody for tuning in for another episode of Secrets in the Saddle. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.